What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So the, the and this is where it's like there are no there's no right here. There's what is no this, tombstone. Is what is this the old seriously? West? One no, guy that shouldn't have a gun shoots another guy that wasn't supposed to have a gun. That was yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's what it boils down to is everybody's going, oh, you know, it was a great day for Kyle, or oh no, it was a terrible. It, this was dog shit entirely. Yeah. And everybody is trying to find their win in this, despite the fact that there were no winners in this. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth land. and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Public Access America. My name is Jason, his name is Jeffrey, and we're just here to talk about the topics of the week. We do have a live stream every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I did that backwards, didn't I? We have a live stream, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, 11 a.m. Central, on YouTube at Public Access America. Otherwise, catch up with our podcast. And thank you for catching up for, with our podcasts on Spotify and Apple. We also have other shows that are part of the network. And what I love about this, Jeffrey, I was just thinking about this. I, I recorded with Inspirations Beyond Disabilities on Friday. And that's mm-hmm. like a group of like 7 to 20 visually impaired people just talking about things. And then we have Adam as a Beard, which is like men's health and awareness and toxic masculinity discoveries and i love mm-hmm. that and then we have kai who's my uh my new dad by the way she she offered to be my dad and i love that and unsubscribe and we have these people and just during one of the conversations uh kai and Ezric were like oh we want to meet jeffrey and i was like I, I forget that like we're this giant like loose network because nobody tells anybody else how, what to talk about or how to talk, but mm-hmm. it's just these conversations and I love it. And it made me think about ours because I want to have people on and they're always like, well, I don't know if we can cover topics like you and Jeffrey. And it made me wonder how we just always ultimately, no matter what the topic is, fall back on like human, like, you know, you're a libertarian and I'm, I'm all over the place independent and mm-hmm. we just managed to land on human and everyone else does that in these other podcasts. But when we bring up topics, you know, of the day, it seems to be harder to uh, spontaneously get to that human. So I really appreciate that about you, that you have that ability, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's always funny because like, you know, especially because as you know libertarians we get a ton of shit even amongst other libertarians we're, oh, yeah, you right. know <clears throat> and it's just one of those things like everybody has their own you know unique viewpoint especially in the libertarian world where you know every the main the main focus is it's just like less dependence on the government because well we've seen how that's gone and you know more dependence on connections with each other you know people looking out for people communities looking out for community yeah i think political philosophy is a lot like religion and where there's moments you have to go on faith and trust what somebody else is saying and you don't have to do that if you think about it in a human way then you're not you're not structured by um 
deficits or rhetoric you know what i mean you can bring oh you can always bring it back to what would one human do for another what would a hundred do for a hundred and on and on until you realize that things are just messed up that way (laughs) yeah yeah and 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 that's and that's what makes it so absolutely frustrating is is that Mm. you know we've allowed politics to just absolutely dominate certain things that just shouldn't and we let these two parties you know get us to fight with each other meanwhile mm-hmm. they're doing sneaky shit behind our backs and right you know it, and it, it's like they're it's like they're writing the movie lord of the rings and we're the unfortunate characters that have to go through all the scenarios that they're putting forth and that's yeah. not how it is we write the book and they're the characters and we're trying to get that switched so people understand that right <clears throat> right yeah, so I do appreciate you for that, and I appreciate our listeners for understanding that. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that we're, I, my podcast. No, I'm not tooting my own horn, but have always been ahead of the curve on a lot of things, and I went from fighting for female first-time politicians, you know, history to this because I knew talking in a human way was going to be the trend of the future, and mm-hmm. that politics has to learn about politicians democrats republicans they're all like how do we get our message out there and they're not understanding that like we're the grassroots conversation in the dirt that they're not paying attention to and all they have to do is come on here i think they're scared that our opinions because we speak in a human way i don't think they'll they trust that they can translate that because so few politicians talk in a human way they Mm -hmm. just speak in the rhetoric and when they're questioned on how that isn't really affecting me in any way they don't have an answer for that but we'll be a friendly audience i promise to anybody that wants to come on and discuss it i think and i think too the biggest issue at hand and you see this you see this a lot right now and especially playing out very very nationally in 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 mainstream media is is that you have people who want to buck their party, but the moment that they do, they're vilified. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be realistic. You know, <clears throat> there are legitimate people out there that are definitely like a Joe Manchin or a Kirsten Cinema, but right now they're the villain of the Democratic Party. And then you have people out there like, you know, Mitt Romney, for example, and they're the villain of the Republican Party. You know, you've got these people who are more centrist and they're like, okay, no, let's, let's actually sit down and parse out the, the idea, you know, and there's still tons of politics in there. But even, but even like, for example, Chris Christie won't even go as far as to, you know, he says Trump is a problem, but when pushed on whether or not Trump will, you know, he'll, he'll vote for Trump or whatever. Right. It's that typical politician non-committal response. Yeah, he had a horrible interview on uh uh-huh. deadline. And it something he said that's really important to understand. They want to vilify Antifa. Mm-hmm. Antifa is an ideology under which certain organizations and groups act, but Antifa itself is not an organization so when you say it's antifa you're just saying that's anti-fascism what what chris christie said was anti-fascism is the reason for all of the problems in this country (laughs) and and that's a horrible stance for any politician to take yeah that's not a good one because i mean i mean let me let me pull up the the definition of fascism here because i I, (laughs) This is one of those this is one of those things where people, you know, throw this term out a lot. It's uh-huh. same with communism. Right. They throw this term out a lot and whether or not it actually applies, you know, to them doesn't matter. It's a political mm-hmm. talking point. But yeah, they talk def- about critocracies and autocracies and nationalism and so I mean, yeah. Let's talk about how our government is a kleptocracy. Exactly. So everybody throws these words around. I was going to do a whole show on just definitions of these things so we knew where we stood, you know? We're a democracy. So let me see here. Um, Sure. So what we've got, let's see here, Merriam-Webster, because let's use the the dictionary um, definition here. Yeah. So it's a political philosophy, uh, philosophy movement or regime 
that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and a forcible suppression of opposition. So, like, let's start with, let's start with that. You know, the fact that, you know, the Republicans should be anti-fascist because, you know, one of their biggest, one of their bigger talking points is how power should be decentralized to the states. So when Chris Christie said that being anti-fascist was a problem, like that basically was him saying that, you know, he's, you know, in favor of having more Fed boy control. And, and I'm not about that shit. Right. You know, and, and so that's, that's one of those things where it's like, you know, strong centralized government. Uh, no. And then also too, like economic and social regimentation, you know, that's mm-hmm. when you look at, when you look at, you know, how communism and fascism play out, you see a lot of the same things in that you have, <clears throat> strong social and and economic regimentation like it's like this is what you get these are the state and and it's also you know very very focused on state controlled industries and when i say state i mean like in our context it would be the federal government right so those are bad ideas typically Mm. Um, when, when you read that definition, I heard one word: race. Hmm. <laughs> well, and 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 that's and that's another thing too is is that that is very common. That's a very common part of that. In which case, you know, which is why white supremacy seems to love itself some fascism. Is is that you know race is often a part of fascism, not always, but in the greater context, you know, if, even if you were to just remove the race aspect from fascism, it's still all bad. The race sure. thing just makes it worse. And the fact that white people will go to it before any other nationality. I mean, fascism is still there in countries like Belarus and, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Like I can't name a country, but it's all over the place. Like, Oh it's, yeah, absolutely. But they're authoritarians against democracies. And you know mm-hmm. what? It made me think like, everybody's like, how do we get China under control? And I was like, um, stop investing in China. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like move your companies out of China. We pay for China to be as big as they are. Like, mm-hmm. right. Apple being there is a huge thing for them. If Apple wasn't there, if Apple was in Canada, then suddenly China would grow smaller. It's our or Vietnam dollars. or Cambodia or sure. Laos or any of these other countries that are not China. Right. Well, the right Singapore, now, Philippines, Exactly. But China wants to expand and take over these places. One China, right? And that's what we're investing in. We are investing in one China by by having our corporations over there. And you know who mm-hmm. else is laughing his ass off because he has sudden extra money is Vladimir Putin. Because mm-hmm. now gas prices are so high, they're all just rolling in profit. What the fuck world? <laughs> like we're you, paying if, the autocrats to get bigger, you know? Well, and that's and that's where like if you really wanted to fuck the system up, like you know, we still have our issues with Venezuela, but Venezuela could be a huge uh oil exporter. But mm-hmm. if we could get you know, things worked out between us and Iran to have an actual, you know, nuclear peace deal. I mean, I, given, given the newer technology for, um, uh, nuclear reactors, you don't need to use uranium. So it would be nice if what we could do is say, you know what? Yeah, (laughs) you can have nuclear reactors, but let's use thorium reactors. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, and then it's like, okay, they get the nuclear power that they claim that they want for peace, which great. Fine. You know, I, I, I firmly believe that nuclear has to be a part of the climate change discussion. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, they get economic relief and, they're a huge oil producer. When you look at look at 2015 and what happened when we got uh, the the Iran nuclear deal, Iran was able to start exporting oil again, and gas prices bottomed out to the lowest that they'd ever been. Right, that's my point. We are making Iran rich. Pick Venezuela. We're not. We're no, we're not making rich. Iran rich. We're making Russia rich by blocking out Iran. We're making yeah. we're making it easier for the Saudis to have this cartel control. 
Mm. And you know the the reality is 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 that yeah having the discussion that would make oil prices a lot more feasible and cheaper, not the greatest talking point in terms of if you want to spur investment towards green technologies, but in the same sense, you still need a lot of oil in order to make these technologies work. And a lot of countries are still dependent on these fossil fuels because their economies are still just budding. Autocrats are de- are talking with autocrats. There's a new economy being built, you know, between mm-hmm. North Korea, China, Russia, Belarus, um, you know, all these places. And uh, there's a new one coming up, and I can't remember, but it's in the it's in Latin America now, and it's really driving me crazy mm. how close it's coming. You know, I mean, Cuba right now is standing up for North Korea. North Korea right now is standing up for, you know, China. It's this weird thing, and we're the ones funding it all, honestly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, that, it's no surprise that North Korea is standing up for Cuba and vice versa. Because, of course, you know, whether, you know, what maybe some people might not remember is, I want to say it was like 20... 14 or 15 i forget which there was a a ship that got caught it was taking north korean jets to cuba to get serviced ah, i remember the and, ship and I, can't, I couldn't remember what was on there yeah it's, it is it's because of because of american restrictions right now granted these jets are so fucking old that i'm surprised that they even made it onto the goddamn ship you know, at this point, it's yeah. more like restoring a classic car than it is keeping a functional military. Right. It's just keeping a channel open for them as small and insignificant as it seems. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't. I think the best way is to just. Well, we'll talk about that a little later because there was a real bright spot in, in the week for me personally that I don't think other people saw. But there is some quickies I want to get through just so that we can say we touched on them. Although I call these, you know, stories to quickie, but that's only because the news is really talking about them enough, and I don't really see us needing to have an opinion that diverts from them. So I thought maybe you were calling them quickies because they're kind of fucked. <laughs> Because they, well, <laughs> no, actually, they're they're great stories, great things that we need to talk about. Well, things we need to talk about. Right. But, um, yeah. So Kamala Harris was our first woman president for 83 minutes. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of cool. And that's something we should mm-hmm. mention. That's a part of history that I love. Mm-hmm. So, yay. Do you, do you have any opinions on that? I think that that's something that people are going to have to get used to is, is that as you have female vice president candidates, mm-hmm. you know, when, when the president has to undergo specific procedures, especially when you have older Americans as president, right. you're going to be handing over power to people, which is why I tell people be very selective about, you know, who you choose as your running mate and make sure that you have the trust because look at what's going on in Idaho with the, the governor there and the, and the Lieutenant governor, where every time the governor leaves the state of Idaho, the Lieutenant governor, she seems to think that she can do whatever the fuck she wants. So I say this, you know, as a cautionary tale to Republicans, Democrats alike, and everybody else. It's like, you know, make sure that whoever's going to be running with you, that they don't have an agenda that's their own and that they're going to try and do some hinky shit. You know, the idea is, is it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like having a body at the desk is what it should be. It's like, you're, you're just there just in case, but you're not doing anything above and beyond what you would normally do. I, I was like, why not have her sign like 40 executive decisions, you know, or executive orders, canceling student don't, uh, debt, legalizing weed, just all of these crazy things that Democrat radicals are like, just do it, Joe, and Joe won't do it. Because then Joe could come back and be like, oh, snap, I didn't do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, but then you'd have this weird precedent of, of lieutenant, yeah. you know, of vice presidents doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, just remember that, you know, you're, you're one very far right vice presidential yeah. candidate away from having something very crazy center, one very, very far left presidential candidate having something signed that just doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, and <laughs> let's, let's be real honest, you know, in terms of executive orders, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Oh, I know that. Because, you know, you're giving one person so much power to dictate policies Mm -hmm. and dictate laws within the country. It's just, 
Eesh, that's that's not good. We don't see them as they are. What they are is a wish or a promise. And so the government slowly is supposed to move towards that direction. You know what I mean? And that it it's not an, a decree from a king. It's a, hey, can we start heading in this direction because we're a cruise ship? We just, we don't see them that way, you know? Everybody's well, we, we like, shouldn't oh. see them that way. Right. We, we shouldn't see them that way. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's how these executive orders get used. Hmm. And that's and that's the problem is you know they're mostly benign at this point yeah and and that's and that's the problem is is that <laughs> the words at this point and temporary they're temporary like the next mm-hmm. president can obviously just switch them over exactly and that's you know that shouldn't be the thing is is you know right. I can understand an executive order being you know with some of the things like hey we need to investigate this I am prioritizing mm. this to be investigated to be you know recommended to Congress right that stuff like that's fine to me it's like there's nothing binding there's nothing that there there's nothing that creates a sense of law it's hey I'm telling you we need to research this let's fucking go exactly let's head that direction let's take a look that way yep and and that to me is absolutely fine you know and and from there you know whatever gets sent to congress uh and gets passed from there you know i may not necessarily agree with it but at least you've gone through legal channels to legislate something right if anyone anyone in congress can um propose legislation or policy this is this is the president's version of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's something that Joe Biden could be reelected on. Uh, Louis DeJoy, our postmaster general, could be removed as early as next January because Biden finally changed the two people that were resisting his removal with two Democrats. And I don't know if anybody understands what's going on with the post office, but I do know you understand what's going on with Amazon and your late deliveries. And that's Louis DeJoy, who's put a extra, extra fees on the Christmas deliveries and then just instituted more <laughs> fees for your Christmas deliveries. So and this, slowed them down, and and has intentionally yes. slowed them down. Yes, um, the the post office's efficiency is down to thirty eight percent. And he also invests in companies that do business with the post office. So, um, and he's under federal investigation for insisting his employees um, donate to parties and then he reimbursed them through bonuses so he's a creepy little dude and he's the head of our post office and soon he will be gone (laughs) so and here's the thing like we have a really big problem with the post office and the thing is is that the problem isn't the post office uh, you know at least before DeJoy, anyways i I can't the problem is that is with congress and the fact that you know, they're not listening to the post office saying, hey, we need to make these changes. And they all just go, yeah, no, that's not happening. Right. And they're not funding the post office. There's a bill to fund the post office, but it has to be renewed. And Republicans, I believe, refuse to renew, have refused to renew it. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and so then when it comes, to, so Republicans refuse to renew it. So then when the post office is like, okay, well, plan B is, is that here's what pricing needs to look like in order for us to be successful. The Democrats go, nope, you're not raising prices. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, I I don't have any options here. I got to do one or the other. Exactly. And it's a political, it's a political thing. It's like, or, or they have to cut service in order to make ends meet. And that's what ends up happening is, is they just end up cutting service. Right. So. To get to the, just to stay on that point a minute, that all happens in the political hemisphere because lobbyists are donating one way or another for one thing to happen. Certain Mm -hmm. people want to see the elimination of the post office so that they can corner the market, UPS, FedEx, Amazon, that kind of thing. And then Democrats have their own beliefs about the U.S. postal service, which is going to go to all electric vehicles. (laughs) So... Which, I mean, considering a lot of their vehicles were built in the fucking 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those those things only get like 10 miles to the gallon. I mean, that's not yeah. good. I mean, so Republicans work their asses off to 
to have things for their states included in this infrastructure and build back better. I just think it's funny that they did that. They were like, please fund my area too. Please, please. And then when the vote came, they were like, no, we don't want to pass it, knowing it was going to pass and that they were going to get all their stuff. You know what I mean? And that's it's so that's, weird to me. It's, oh, how it's, is that politically feasible to say no to the money, but still get it? You know? And that's, and, and then that's, you know, it's so frustrating because you know damn good well that they're like, all right, I want this in, I want this yes. in, I want this in. And then any more their nose are symbolic of like, oh, we're standing up to the Democrats. Meanwhile, they're going to be like yeah. sucking dick in front of the entire yeah. fucking group. Like, this is all the money we're getting. Yay. Yeah. And behind, it's like, behind the scenes, <gasps> you know, like, uh, they're like, oh, thank you, big daddy. Big Daddy uh, Biden, you know, thank you for getting my bridge in there. But well, it was like front, uh, you know, it was like the last round of stimulus. Uh, I want to say it was McConnell was touting all of the help that Kentuckians were going to get. Yeah, and everybody started blowing him up. It's like you voted no on this, you piece of shit. <laughs> kind of, you know, you're sitting there like, oh yeah, and this is what we're going to get, and this is and this is all the benefits, and like. Okay, so you're sitting there, you're still talking about all of the benefits. Mm -hmm. You're not playing the this is how it's harmful to the country card anymore. You are literally just, you know, your no is yeah. just like a symbolic dick sucking of your party. And it's really kind of gross. Right. It's like it's like look, if if you don't if if you don't like it, then you need to be vocal about how you don't like it, even after it passes. Be like, yeah, we are getting this amount of money. I still think it's a terrible idea because of X, Y, and Z. But right. they conveniently leave out all of the bad things when they're standing there in front of their constituents, going, "Oh, look at what I did for you." Right. Even though you voted no on it, you dick suck. <laughs> but work to get your stuff in there. That's what drives me crazy because that's what they're saying. Like, I worked really hard on this bill. It just in the end, I couldn't support it anymore. I'm just calling it. I'm just calling it token resistance. Yeah, yeah. And the truth is, is and it, you know, um, Republicans are really good at pointing out the fire, but Democrats are the ones actually attempting to put him put the fires out. And at some point, that's going to become deadly obvious to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, Lauren Bobert of Colorado apparently is off of her meds and spitting conspiracy theories on the floor uh, about Ilhan Omar. And bitch, don't fuck with Ilhan Omar. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, like, say, you say Lauren Bobert's off her meds, and I go, still? Still. Still. Well, they don't always highlight it. And I, what I brought that up for was I saw a conversation with a guy from Channel 9 News and what he, he actually addressed it. And the issue was, do we address these people, you know, spitting out cons conspiracy theories to to explain why they're lies? But we in we promote them in the meantime, and how do we get around that? And his suggestion was actually to start promoting instead Republicans that are doing good things, because there are Republicans that are doing good things or mm -hmm. doing the work <clears throat> of, and we should be highlighting them. We should be leading mm -hmm. people towards an ideal of what a, a candidate should be instead of promoting what Lauren Boebert said about Ilhan Omar sleeping with her I don't even know. I'm not going to get into it. It was yeah, disgusting. Yeah, and... that that's a whole mess. Yeah, it's it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. It, you know, and what it comes down to is, is that the the only way that you tackle conspiracy theories is with information. And you can sit there and you can try and you know demonize people like you know Lauren Boebert and MGT and just you know what that's what they want it's, it's kind of like it's it's these weird yeah. cries for attention and that's exactly what they want they yes. want to be the oppressed they want to be you know the person that's being nailed to the cross for their concerns and if you deny that to them they just sound like a raving lunatic it's like yeah. okay no that's not how this works let's let's talk about how this actually works i've had so many people like well I've had a, I've had to explain to a couple of people here in the last couple of weeks about what luciferase is and how it's not in the vaccine. You know, because because they're like, it? oh, luciferase. It's essentially a bioluminescent agent, is what it is. Oh, okay. 
but it's it's you know people are thinking that it's in the vaccine and that's why it's turning all the people that take the vaccine satanic and i'm like i see no that's not how that works it's a it's it's a bioluminescent agent and no it's not in the vaccine in fact it's very clearly not in the vaccine oh well they won't tell you that i'm like well, under federal statutes, you are required to list everything that's in the vaccine. The reason why is, is that people are allergic to things, and you, you have to be to trace what people are allergic to. It is part of making sure that whatever vaccine or any other medication out there is safe and effective. And if there are compounds that cause problems, health organizations want to be able to track that and say look we've got to get rid of this particular compound it's causing too many issues can we find something that works better and that's where the scientific community comes in so the reality is is that as much as i like you know these people the reality has to be that whatever crazy bullshit comes out of their mouth you just have to flood the market with real information and drown this out and 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 have not just people like me and you and you know some of our friends but everyday people be like no that's not how this works it's kind of like saying rocky was a good movie because um nicholas cage wasn't in it mm-hmm. it's so weird mm-hmm. okay. yeah they're bad because there's something in it that you're not learning about mm-hmm. uh, all right um this is all over the news, and the news is pretty accurate, so I'm just going to get to it. So is Kyle Rittenhouse is the new OJ? <laughs> he got off of everything. Let's Ugh. let's uh, hear your opinion. <clears throat> I, everybody already knows mine because it's what every liberal is already saying. Oh, man. This is a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. It, it, I mean, it's it's over, so I don't... Yeah. It, okay. It's whatever. <laughs> the, the reality is, is, is that if you you can narrow the scope of a trial down to the point where you leave a jury no choice and i i really do think that that's exactly what happened like if from a from a you know from a magnifying lens standpoint if all you could focus on was the fact that these three guys tried to grab a gun from him and he shot them it's a self defense case 100% if you take the totality of the circumstances, the fact that he was shipped across state lines, not the rifle, I got it. We got to make this clear. The rifle was always in Wisconsin as, as it, it is came to final. Right. Yep. The rifle was all, so that never came across state lines. He, it, it, according to state law, should not have been in possession of that rifle. So there's that issue at hand. It's the court. To me, that's the apple. You know, when they call it a poison apple, to me, that's the apple. That's the truthful apple that should go through the whole case. You have you have the fact that his mother or family member drove him to drop him off to do this. Like, this, this thing is a piece of shit up one side and down the other. You know, there... Everybody wants to talk about how the defense won this case and how the prosecutors fucked it up. I don't think the defense particularly won this case in that uh, I in that I would say that they were given a lot of help from the judge, which already from the judge, which, you know, I mean, having worked criminal defense, I would have loved to have gotten that kind of help on any one of our trials that we got. Um, I would have been fantastic. I hope to see other judges do that in the future, especially when it comes to cases of domestic violence. I'm sure that there are some women out there who've killed their abusers that would like their fair their their fair day in court. And isn't it uh, nice that it was on camera? I mean, the judge says uh-huh. he doesn't think he's going to do on camera trials again, and I don't blame him. He came off really bad in that. Well, and and to me, that. Uh, that is a problem. I think that when it comes to the court system, you know, every day, every person uh, deserves their fair day in court and everybody deserves to know whether or not that day in court was actually fair. And in this case, I don't think it was. But here's the other side of this coin is, is that the prosecutors pulled the same bullshit that they've done 
time and time again through prosecutorial misconduct. And people got pissed about that. It's like, great. Now, the next time you have anybody else that is defending themselves against, you know, having to shoot somebody or, you know, their abusers or anybody else, I really hope you look for the prosecutorial misconduct like you did in this case. But the reality is, is I know that they're not going to do that. And, and this shit that they pulled is so fucking typical criticizing him for his right to remain silent right and and you know this it's so and and turning over shit you know late and turning over shit in in um poor quality i mean uh, come on they gave them what they had like you were talking no, they, about they didn't. That's the thing. Well, they and they it, enhanced it after, didn't they? They gave him the small file and then enhanced it, but the defense just didn't enhance their version. No, that's not how it works, dude. Oh. You have the enhanced version first, and then you dip down the quality. You can't oh. build up quality. You can't do that, right? It's, it's, but you can you can degrade the quality and turn that over. And I've seen that shit time and time again. I've had cases where we have shit quality. Okay. And that's what they use in order to try and prove their case. And and when you sit down and go, no, this is absolute trash, most of the time as on the defense, we're getting absolutely fucked on those rulings. So they pulled the same shit that they've always done, and this time people were pissed about it. And I'm telling you, this isn't the only time shit like this happens with prosecutors. It happens every single fucking time. You just need to understand that you need to be fair about this. And and the next time somebody has to shoot somebody in self-defense and they're not a white 17 year old kid, right? you need to start looking at the prosecutorial misconduct as seriously as you did in this case. Yeah. Because when they say the criminal justice system is broken and now I think we can all finally see some of the structural uh, deficiencies that are there. You know, like you being in the situation, but advocates, they just have nothing to grab onto to say, yes, this is how it is, because people always have the test subject as an African-American or minority or Latino or impoverished to point back to. But right now, I'm sorry, the victims were two white guys, one Jewish guy, and now, you know, you can see where the prosecutor Cutorial mistakes affected them in this case, and but it's now, not even it's misconduct. Let's 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 okay. Mistakes and misconduct are very different. Have you know? We've had we've had prosecutors go shit. We we should have turned this over sooner. Sorry, we're you know we'll give you more time to work with this. But we've also right. had prosecutors dump shit on us literally the day before trial, and it's like right. we're supposed to like magically go through all of this stuff because the they're claiming it as evidence, and that's you know and and that's misconduct, and we've we fight that, and a judge will allow it. But in this case, prosecutors have done shit that it's like they didn't turn over shit. You know, and yeah. when the when it finally got brought up, they got caught red-handed. Right. I think we all saw them as the heroes, so we didn't. I mean, <clears throat> a, lot, a, a vast majority of people just weren't looking for that stuff. You know what I mean? There were no heroes in the justice system. Let's put it the, in in this case. There were no heroes in this case. Whether it was the the defense, whether it was the judge, the, whether it the was the victi- prosecution. I, I think the two victims were kind of heroes. Not really. They didn't help themselves at all either, and that's the they, problem. They struck uh, Kyle before <clears throat> before this incident. Kyle was intimidating people with his gun, and they were trying to restrain that issue. That he was the issue at the time, and they were the people on the streets trying to subdue the issue, and that's how they got shot. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you know, and then one of them was also a prohibited possessor of a firearm. Mm. So, so was it's, Kyle. I know there's a difference between a prohibited possessor and somebody. Oh, he was criminally already mm-hmm. told not to hold. Okay. Exactly. You know, it's, 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 you know, there's a difference between breaking the law and then, you know, having already been adjudicated that you cannot possess. And he I was, mean, point, he was the one pointing his gun at Kyle. 
exactly then. okay and he was and he was a prohibited possessor so the, the and this is where it's like there are no there's no right here there's no tombstone is what is this the old seriously West? one no, guy this... that shouldn't have a gun shoots another guy that wasn't supposed to have a gun that was yeah exactly <laughs> and that's and that's what it boils down to is everybody's going oh you know it was a great day for kyle or oh no it was a terrible it, this was dog shit entirely yeah and everybody is trying to find their win in this despite the fact that there were no winners in this but it was no. all trash yeah and it was so badly done that if those prosecutors don't appeal this right. and or have or bring in a special prosecutor in order to fix their bullshit mm-hmm. like it's it, i mean ugh, the judge i i have never seen such favoritism uh, from a judge i've never yeah. seen the defense get the kind of rulings that they have and I've Agreed. never seen a judge admonish the prosecution for their conduct the way right. that this one has. I mean, it having, was fucking wild. Like, it, having the entire room clap for the only veteran who's the defense witness was kind of yeah. weird, right? That was surreal. I've never seen that. No no, no judge has ever asked that, that no judge in any trial that I've been a part of has right. ever asked anybody to clap for any witness and that in and of itself is fucking wild and so fucking biased like that alone should have been grounds for this to be a mistrial and have it sent off to a different judge the fact that then that's why i keep saying it's like they're you know everybody's sitting here going oh well you know this was a win for kyle and for 2a i'm gonna go no it's not because if if they don't appeal this piece of shit like all it does, like it's it's kind of like the best way I know how to put it is, is John Madden's two two teams, two bad teams playing bad football. That's all right. this was. It was two bad teams playing bad football, and one side had to quote unquote win, and mm. and it wasn't really a win. It was just trash. Look at look at Kyle. Look at how young he is, and realize that he has the rest of his life. Is all downhill. He's going to be on medications. He's going to have PTSD. He he says he has nightmares about that, and I have no doubt about that. He has the rest of his life to live that, and he's going to live the rest of his life being surrounded by people that praise him for that, and, and that, people that, that fucking hate him. Like exactly. So his life is a prison. I think to myself, mm-hmm. all of the money spent in the destruction and the trial should have always. But man. We could have just stood silently and given that money to Jacob Blake. But my question was, in the end, the ju- did the did the judge, because this is a rumor, I'm not sure if I heard it, did the judge eliminate options as like manslaughter and second degree and say that you have to either acquit him or like capital murder? Is that what it was? Uh, no, no, capital murder would have put him on path for the death sentence. And right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was never That was never a part of it. Um, it was always, it was always first degree murder, uh, or I want to say second degree, um, or no, I want to say it was our second or third degree, essentially. Um, I know the prosecution wanted to widen that and which is what, okay. So, so that's another thing that I actually know about. And yes, that typically does happen. We've had that happen where we get to the end of a trial and then the prosecution throws on like three more charges and they're all lessers. Right. And that's because that's where they think they're going to get their conviction. I want you to think about a system where, you know, you go in, it's like, this is the charge. You're pretty sure you're going to beat it. And then right when you get to the end, they're like, now we're going to throw in some lessers. So that way we can convict you. That's bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. Because how do you think a lot of these black men end up in jail? It's not that they're getting Uh convicted on their, on the first charge that got thrown on them. It's that they're getting charges tacked onto them at the end. And then they're like, yeah, we'll acquit on we'll we'll acquit on these ones because we're not really convinced. But yeah, we'll definitely convict on that one. Okay, five years in prison, boom. Yeah, and it's no, bullshit. It's such no. bullshit because we have to, as the defense, we have to go in and we have to we fight this case prepared to go. Okay, we're going to defeat right. this first degree or second degree murder charge, and that's it. And then they pull this bullshit at the end, and we didn't put on a case right you know to keep them from like involuntary manslaughter sometimes you're copying to a lesser charge to beat the bigger charge right and i mean sometimes it just depends on it depends on what the evidence is well yeah right but i'm saying you might say 
you might say it was manslaughter in the heat of the moment. I was protecting myself. I shot him. I call it self-defense. You call it manslaughter, but we're, we're doing uh murder one here. And that's not what this was. You know what I mean? Well, <clears throat> and what you have so. to remember about, about plea deals, for example, is, is that that's you... how most black men go to jail. A lot of them, yes. yes. And what you have to remember about plea deals is, is that when you plea out to a charge, you also give up your appellate rights. So right, right. fighting those charges is very important because mm-hmm. if we know it's bullshit, we don't want our client pleading out because when they plead out, we lose a major avenue to go back and talk about prosecutorial misconduct or right. the bullshit that gets pulled in any given trial. I, I think I think plea deals are a form of prosecutorial prosecutorial misconduct. The way I, that they the way that they can push people in in certain communities is it it happens. And I oh, think I mean, I, there there is a lot of misconduct when it comes without to plea over, deals. without proper oversight and representation on both sides. I don't think a plea deal should happen. You know there, I mean? there, there is a lot of, unfortunately, there is a lot of misconduct around plea deals that yeah. happens. In but there's also in certain, in, in certain areas. But then too, there's, there's also you, you also have an overworked justice system on the defense side where you don't oh, yeah. have enough resources. Right. And a lot of the times, like spending the time to look at the case and get to know it, you know, I'm not going to say that all you know public defenders are lazy. There's, you know, they're overworked and they're, they have mm-hmm. way too many cases on their, on their books. And, you know, and unfortunately sometimes like you get a couple of good looks at a case. I mean, it really does, you know, it just doesn't look good. And your best bet's just going to be yeah. out. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing is it's like, you know, even working for a firm where it's like, you know, we're dedicated to specific cases and we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have to worry about having too much on our plates. Sometimes you end up looking at a case and you're like, uh, well, dude, this is, um, eh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is a prosecutor saying, well, I know he's guilty. Let's shortcut it to get it there. You know what I mean? And then they miss, they miss something in the process and it just, you missed it. Well, you didn't explain it right. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. so I want to make it very clear that there were no winners. I don't think justice was actually done in the Kyle Rittenhouse case because the judge was significantly biased. I, well, I think there's I, one I, winner. There's one winner, and that is data analysts and people that scrutinize these things. Now they have a buttload of case study to go on. You know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Like, and 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 I and that's what I want people to do is I want mm-hmm. I want people to be able to see this case in the daylight and say, right. show all of the ways that this was wrong and how the judge broke every single rule of being an unbiased yeah. person on the bench. Why do we like, need criminal justice reform, Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh, you're right. You know, I want to shorthand that shit. So that's why, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, 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 it's not that you should always be looking for somebody to be convicted, Uh-oh. but the reality is, is, is that if somebody's going to be acquitted on charges, I want the judge to be completely unbiased in this. Yeah. And that was not there. No, that was not there. And, and I, and, I worry and, about what might happen to someone like such as that judge in in a in a state like wisconsin you know what i mean well i mean in in a state like wisconsin that judge is going to be you know a king for what's going to be voted out or voted out one or the other so it's to me it it failed miserably it that case did a lot of harm to the to the justice system but in in a lot of ways in precedent but in a lot of ways the daylight that this case got Mm -hmm. i really hope like puts a lot of people on notice. Like, you know, this wasn't okay. And through appeals, I want people to see that. And I I want everybody to see that. I want, I want Wisconsin state Supreme court to see that. I want, I want boards. I want the U S right. I want the U S Supreme court to see that because this, this was so bad. This was so lopsided that, I mean, I, like I said, any number of the of the cases that I worked on, I would loved. I would have loved for our client to get that level of treatment. It just isn't the case. Right. The fact of the matter is, is that judge came in with a bias, yeah. and let that bias dictate the course of this trial, and but that's that, not yeah. okay. That's just not remember okay. that that's that's Kyle Rittenhouse's path now. Like he is, he has no 
happy future for him. So, <laughs> I mean, don't think that he got away with something. He's going to be dogged with this for the rest of his life. Oh, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Mm. So I want to, I do want to touch on Ahmad Arbery, the trial, because I watched mm-hmm. some of the, I watched some of, yeah, I watched some of the, Oh, there's some spicy shit in that one too. Yeah. So what I saw was people being racists or people being really racist. <laughs> Which part are you are you talking about the part where you have uh, the one uh, defense attorney saying we don't need any more black pastors sitting in kinda, the court? Kinda, kinda. And Woo! I wanna I wanna say I am not a fan of Al Sharpton until that moment. <laughs> well, the and and the I for me the rebuke that the judge gave him was just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So right. we're gonna go from one shitty judge to one you know I I yeah. in, in at least in this particular scenario uh-huh. one very one very good judge it's like look it's like you could have said nothing and this would have been fine but you opened your yeah. fucking mouth and said something entirely stupid and condemned it right and it's like you're getting this attention now because of the way you acted you acted like a racist piece of shit you get to sleep in that fucking bed and you know mm-hmm. what the fact that a bunch of black pastors showed up outside Ahmad arbery's uh trial after uh-huh. that a hundred of, yeah. of them after that defense attorney said something you know what fuck yeah yeah fuck yeah but can we take a moment <clears throat> just to understand the fact that al sharpton sitting in a courtroom stoically staring directly at you is intimidating you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and especially for a podunk defense attorney in georgia to go oh this is national now like wow you know <laughs> i i can he oh i said it before his reaction was wrong his initial reaction was wrong i think we said that a couple weeks ago about that like no you shouldn't have reacted that way you shouldn't have said anything at all sometimes you're right a shitty situation will only be made worse by addressing it because then people know you know know? (laughs) right and and that's in that's exactly you know this the the oh god i can't even get the words out yeah this defense attorney did something so damaging to his client's case yeah i i mean if it were anywhere else you know i would say (laughs) but given where you're at i mean i don't know so see, the fact his of the matter defense is, team put their hands in their heads when he was saying that tells you yeah. everything you need to know. Like, yeah, do you yeah. think it was right on any level? Nobody did. <laughs> and you know what? That's great. That's to me, it's fantastic that they fucked that one up so bad. You yeah. know, they said the quiet part out loud. And it's like, you know, we all, you know, why do you have to make it about race? Their defense attorney. We don't need any more black pastors in the court. Right. Um, the the sad thing is, is is people are like, why are you making it racist? And that defense attorney in the South is literally going, that's not racist here. What are you talking about? Like, that's normal. mm white person in georgia (laughs) which the rest of us call fucking racist (laughs) exactly when they say florida man that's georgia man right there but they they walk around like that they thinking that entitled (laughs) like i don't want that black preacher in here normally we lynch him but we're on tv could you get rid of him (laughs) and and that was just absolutely incredible like the moment like i was like I, i was like wait what the fuck did he say and i mean like like when I, I push the play button because it's like okay I've got to see this clip and I mean I it I'm a person who's very steeled to things that are absolutely terrible and horrible and right. you don't get much of a reaction out of me most of the time I fucking gasped when I saw that I was like yeah. oh shit I was like oh yeah. fuck oh fuck it's one of those things that I I listened to and then I had to go and find and watch beyond that and then right. before that and then before that because I don't like clips I like context and I right. was like something something had to lead to that that had to make sense he had to build up to that that wasn't just a cold call comment you know? and right. it was and it was it was so weird and and you're just kind of sitting there and you're just like holy fuck Ho- holy fuck right. he really just like blurted this out. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that his clients were like, you need to go racist. 
you need to make us look less normal, less racist than you. And he was like, ah, I'm getting paid. Here I go. Kentucky fried chicken racist, you know? <laughs> no. And, and that's the thing is like, no defense attorney wants no defense attorney in their right mind wants to do that. Right. Like, you know, the thing is, is like you, you know, kind of in comparison, like to, to a Rittenhouse trial, you can make yourself be a very pro to a defense attorney because uh -huh. it is a part of our bill of rights. But you can't make yourself a very pro-racist attorney. That's nowhere in our Bill of Rights. <laughs> like, what this guy did was the equivalent of shooting himself in both legs and then, yeah. you know, amputating them along with his head. He used a full metal jacket that went through him and into his client, I'm afraid. He gave himself a shotgun enema is what he did. Yeah, he sucked, started a shotgun. He did. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. just absolutely fucking incredible. I've, yeah, like, I mean, I've seen some racist shit play out on the fucking jury stand, Don't, <laughs> or not on the jury stand, on the on the on the witness stand. Mm. Um, but this was like something that I, I mean, yeah, was just blown away by. Like, and, did you get to watch any witness testimony? A little bit. Okay, because from what I gathered, Ahmad. Arbery ran. The guy asked him to stop. Ahmad Arbery turned around. The guy followed him, asked him to stop. Ahmad Arbery turned around. The guy followed him, asked him to stop. Then another truck got involved, and Ahmad Arbery kept running away from them until they finally cornered him, and then they claimed self-defense for shooting a caged animal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's self-defense, and I think I think people need to, if they had, didn't, they need to watch some of that testimony in longer uh, form because it's, it's, a, it's literally lynching in the year 2021. It is. It it's is. going unnoticed that way. I want people to understand Ahmad Arbery did not have a gun. He didn't do anything that anybody else in the neighborhood wasn't doing. Although I don't go into random construction sites at night. I don't do it during the day. It's not my property. You know what I mean? I learned that lesson. Don't get accused. Don't go, you know, but Hey, you know, he didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything that other neighbors weren't doing. He never stole anything. Nothing was ever missing. He was just a jogger in the neighborhood. And mm -hmm. that's the neighborhood he jogged in. And he tried avoiding the situation as much as he could. For 45 minutes, he ran around trying to find ways out of that neighborhood. And these trucks followed him, not because... Not because they had proof of anything, but because they wanted to ask him a question with a gun in their hand. And that's and that's one of those things that, you know, as 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 any firearm owner should know, it's that the only time you should have a gun in your hand is when you are dead certain that it is your life or theirs. Yeah. Anything beyond that is you're going to jail and you're losing the right to own, uh, own a firearm. It needs yeah. to be clear. Like a lot of people want to be this hero and that's not how it sh that's not how it is like you're not you're not going to be the the guy that magically has the gun to stop this huge mass shooting in place yeah it's that's just not how it works and he, he either Ahmad Airberry is not a threat and you're approaching him and you don't need your gun or he is a threat and you're backing off and calling the police there is no absolutely there is no middle ground where you grab a gun to see if someone's a threat if, 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 you know, if in a different scenario, this dude had a night, you know, if some dude, it's like, Hey, we wanted to ask you a question about some stuff. And this dude suddenly has a knife and comes running at you. That's a different scenario entirely. That's, that's right. That's, that's you or them. That is, that is very different. That's not anything close to what this case was not even fucking close at all. Yeah. Okay. And basically what it boils down to is, is that at its purest, it was just murder. It murder. was, it's cap, it, it should be capital murder. Yeah. And at its worst, it's more racist bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I like, that. yeah, <clears throat> like I want to say this, and I'm going to make this very clear for all the gun owners out there that happen to listen to this. Yeah. This is the right. Keep your hand off your hour. fucking gun. Keep your hand off your fucking gun. Like seriously, most of the time that you morons are pulling your gun out you're not even close to the threshold that you need to be at in order to pull your gun. This is where you have people sitting there going, oh, well, what if you just shoot him in the leg? Okay, well, if you just shoot him in the leg, that means you weren't actually afraid for your life, and right. you're going to jail, and you're losing the right to own a gun. 
And there's a huge artery in the leg. You could literally cause them to die just from shooting the, what is the the femoral artery? Femoral artery, yep. So geez, You'll have someone you could, bleed out within minutes. You could you could shoot their kneecap off with a full metal or a hollow point. They could yep. be they, you could you could don't, you don't could amputate it. somebody with the right round, basically it, at the kneecap. The basic question is: We need to arm ourselves because Democrats are waging a war against us, and we need to kill them because they don't have guns yet. It's an oxymoron that doesn't work. Democrats aren't loaded for bear and looking to take out uh, conservatives yet. But I would argue, I would argue with cases like Kyle Rittenhouse's, with cases like Ahmaud Arbery's, it's making the case for Democrats to become gun owners. Because what it's starting to show is, is that people are going to play fast and loose with their weapons. And, and, and if you, if you know that there's a a 50% of the population out there that's going to play fast and loose with their weapons. What choice are you going to have? Yeah, I, I just want to say that's not a choice. Two people with a gun isn't going to make two healthy people in the end. It just isn't. Like, no, I, I'm not saying that a it's a good. Of, no, it's, I'm not yeah. saying it's good either way. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. If you play the scenario scenarios out in your head, and it's always better to flee the situation and call law enforcement so they get shot and not you, because oh. you have things to do the next day. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm. I got. I got. I got a spouse, I got kids, I got yeah. this crazy fucking dog behind me that I'd really like to come home to. Yeah, right. And 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 that's you know, the fact of the matter is is that I am I am willing to just be like, you know what, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's like this so, isn't worth it to me. Look at these three racists that killed a black guy. It's every white guy's dream, right? But these guys haven't been able to go on with their lives, and Ahmad Arbery can't ever, you know, like the inconvenience these guys are facing is nothing compared. But what I'm saying, if you think there's going to be joy in parties in the afterlife and Allah's going to give you 48 virgins because you killed a black man, your life is over. Like the one you knew is over. And think about that before you do it, you mm-hmm. know? You know, yeah, killing somebody should never be Mm -mm. anywhere close to the, the first resort on your list. And, and if you're, and if it, you know, you, you really do want it to be the last resort. And that's where, you know, even as a firearm owner, even if you have a gun on you, Mm -hmm. walking away is the better fucking option. Right. It always is. And that's it why these guys is. that's why these guys that threaten people with intimidation are small people because we could all do that, but we all find more advanced ways to deal with the situation than intimidation, anger, and violence. That's why you're petty little people because you resort to a gun for everything. You know what yep. I mean? And so. that's the thing, is like I you know, like I've been in my fair share of fist fights and everything. Mm-hmm. And and if someone's going to size me up for a fist fight, I'm walking away. It's not worth it to me. It never right. is. There are no winners in this case. Right. You're not going to win in, in the ways that you think you are. There, in the court of public opinion, you're going to be vilified. Right. Just, you, you know what? Great. Somebody's going to call you a bunch of names while you're walking off. Fantastic. Let them make, let them, let themselves feel like they're the, like they're the great big man that they think. They're. Right. Because Fuck the world that. sees the guy that's walking away as the bigger man. The person that was walking away has deemed that whatever bullshit was happening over there, not worth their time and effort. Right. They're above that. They're bigger than that. And I love that. That's the bigger man. The man that sees options, the man that doesn't limit himself isn't isn't a man at all. Thanks for being here. I love you. Uh, check out Public Access America next Thursday for the following show. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more. Ask not.
Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. To public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. Streams. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter. Twitter. Apple, Apple Podcast, Podcast. Stitcher, Smart, Stitcher Radio, Smart Radio, Radio Radio Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.